Welcome back everyone to our podcast, The Mortgage Coach Connecting the Dots. In our podcast, we're diving deep into the world of success and achievement. We're more than just a mortgage-focused podcast. We're here to explore the diverse pathways that lead individuals to triumph in their personal and professional lives. I'm Megan Hastings, Principal Broker of The Mortgage Coach. In today's episode, we're going to answer some burning questions that were sent in by our agents and Instagram followers. If you have any questions that you would like answered, feel free to send them in to us. Our first question is from Ian Barnett, an agent on the Mortgage Coach team. Hi, Megan and Laura. Here's my question for the podcast. Um, I kind of have to set it up a little bit, but over the last, you know, before COVID, the previous 10 years, 15 years, maybe even more, the industry, like real estate, so indirectly mortgages as well, um, just had a had a boom period. Like, and it, it was constantly going, it was always going up, prices increasing, uh, you know, real estate agents, mortgage agents were used to seeing record, you know, sales and commissions and that kind of thing. And all those agents who joined during the boom period, they've never experienced a downturn in the industry. So my question would be, how would you counsel or, or you know, what would you tell agents who've never experienced this kind of downturn in the industry, how to deal with it, uh, what to do, you know, how, how to keep their business afloat and how, how they can survive, how to deal with this kind of stuff, right? Because I, I can't put it in very good words here, but yeah, for, for people who have only seen an explosion within the industry and then seeing a downturn from COVID on uh, and then the, the skyrocketing interest rates, a lot of people I speak to are scrambling and, and they don't know what to do and they're worried about their business. And, you know, should I be getting a second job? Should I be looking into another stream of income? Should I, what should I be doing? Um, So what would you counsel agents who have never experienced this sort of environment with mortgages on how to proceed in business and how to successfully come out the other end when this is all over? Thank you. That's a good question. I actually really love that question. And I have thoughts about that. It's a tricky question. So I feel that, uh, I truly believe that your results today or your results six months from now, for example, are a reflection of what you're doing today. So agents are going to reap the rewards of their activities today, six months from now, four months from now, seven months from now, but in the future. So if agents are experiencing a lack of leads or business, it is really due to decreased activity in the past three, four, five, six, seven months. Uh, And that is regardless of the market, like that will always be the case. I think it's also tricky, though, too, if mortgages is your key source of income and there is no income coming in where I hear like I hear the question of what do people do then? because you have no income coming in. Do you go and look for something in the interim, maybe a part time position or like a side hustle? And in doing so, that maybe it fulfills the immediate need of having income coming in. But then how does that affect, like you said, six to seven months down the road when your focus has been on getting that part-time job, not focusing on building leads and generation for the six months down the road. Like right. That's why for me, it's a tricky question because as a single income earner in my house, if my mortgage business is down tremendously and I have a mortgage myself to pay, bills to pay, kids to feed, clothes to buy for them, whatever it may be, the, the immediate need is I do need income. Right. So we- it's for me, that was it's tricky in that way. I get that. Yeah. I also think that if uh, 
agents start treating this business as a part-time business, then yeah, in future, they're going to have part-time results. So what I, my recommendation, obviously we want to hope that somebody has, you know, 30, 60 days of a float at least to get them through that, answer their immediate needs. But I would say double down activity. And if over the past few years, an agent was used to having, you know, business sort of flow in very easily and it was all a business, if they haven't already, they need to really switch their target market. Because one thing that is happening is it is more difficult for many homeowners to be able to qualify for a mortgage or renew or refinance. Not everybody, like lots of people are still great circumstances but many are having a difficult time and it's for those clients that we're needed more than ever like those are the clients that cannot just go into a bank and qualify for any mortgage and that's where our services and expertise really come in so i think that if an agent has only been focusing on a business and they're not seeing that a business come in they need to really quickly and I hate using the word pivot because it was so overused during the pandemic, but they do need to pivot where their focus is and then double down on activity. And that might mean finding new referral sources, going to different types of networking events, setting out different types of emails and mailers and lead generation, but they need to get really creative and ramp up their activity. I think also what you said about having that three to six month buffer, maybe now is the time to really reevaluate budgeting as a business owner, Yeah. right? And something we talk about with our clients that maybe we also need to do that with ourselves and plan for the future to maybe from every commission deal, set aside a certain amount that can end up being a buffer for the times when the market ebbs a little bit lower. Because mm -hmm. everyone who has experience in the industry says the market always goes up and down. It's so for sure. Yeah, you have to be prepared for those down times. And I think if you came in when it was really high, you never had a chance to prepare for the down times because you'd never seen it. Right. So it's also kind of part of business planning is figuring out that you have to be prepared for when the market does ebb down a little bit lower. Yeah, planning and budgeting in general. Yeah. I'd say there's other, I would say two other things just for tips in general is if you're not already, make sure you're connected to other agents just for sharing business ideas and brainstorming and maybe partnering up on things just so you have energy that's, you know, coming into and flowing into your business. Because if you're sitting alone all the time and not feeling like you're supportive or that you don't have someone to bounce ideas off of, an agent could kind of spiral into a pretty dark place, I think. Yeah, um, hiding in a corner. Yes, which we want to avoid. <laughs> yeah. uh, and the other thing, like, this is not forever. So the agents that really are ramping up their activity now and putting a lot of effort in, you know, when the economy does turn around, when rates do decrease, whether that's, you know, 12, 18, 24 months from now, they're saying it will be, you know, 12 to 18 months from now. So those agents that are doubling down activity in their lead generation now and putting systems and processes in place to capture as many leads as possible, when things turn around at the end of 2024, like there's going to be a huge flood, floodgate and they're going to be very well prepared, prepared for it. Yeah, I can, I'd see that. So we have a question from Hasty. As a new agent, uh, what should you be looking for or asking uh, when you are choosing a right brokerage for yourself in order to succeed? And we want to know from the principal broker and owner your opinion on that. Yeah. So that's a great question. So I am a big believer that uh, fit and culture can determine someone's success. So I think there are you know, some basics that you want to make sure the brokerage that you're choosing has. And sometimes it's dependent on the type of business the agent wants to do. So if they are very interested in private lending, they want to make sure that they are aligning themselves with a brokerage that also has a focus on private lending and has some of those connections made. By contrast, if they're really interested in private lending or commercial or something like that, and they go to a brokerage that they only have a lending 
with you know big banks or specific monolines, they're not going to be well supported in the type of business that they're interested in, in which they're aligned with the type of business that they want to do. And then let's take, for example, as an agent that wants to do like a business for the most part or A and B, they want to look for a brokerage that also has those relationships and how well established are they? So it's not always enough to join a brokerage that maybe they can submit to a certain lender. That's one part of it. But does the brokerage also have status, volume bonus? Like what is the relationship like with the lender? It needs to be really great in order for them to have maximum success in that, you know, type of mortgage, I would say. So there's more to it than just being connected. Often when I'm interviewing somebody, I get asked, well, how many lenders do you use? Which is a very kind of vague question. We can access up to, I think there's 89 lenders through Mortgage Alliance and we use about 35 ourselves. But the real question is, what is your relationship with lenders like? Because we could have 89 lenders, but if they don't like us, then who cares? When I was looking for brokerage, lenders wasn't even a question that I thought to ask. I I didn't know what questions to ask the broker owner as a new agent. Like, I just didn't know what to ask. When I met you, I knew I wanted to work at the mortgage coach. So it was just like a a fit. Like it just, I think we got along really well. I liked what you had to say. So for me, that was just an immediate like, yes, but I didn't know any in-depth sort of questions to ask. What would be some of the top questions that you think a new agent should ask broker owner who's interviewing them? So I think, you know, once they answer the nuts and bolts answered, you know, let's say for example, it's two brokerages, they're identical as far as who they can submit to their status all that kind of stuff is the same then I think it comes down to you know who do you have shared values with who is going to be there to support you and then those kind of questions are what is your culture like what does the training look like can you show me your you know the training calendar what does support look like if I have a question at you know 10 a.m on a Saturday will somebody be there to help me and some of that also takes knowing as an agent when you will be doing your business and this kind of loops back to doing this part-time or full-time or whatever if you you're an agent and your plan is to do a part-time agent you have another job then you need to make sure that the brokerage that you're joining is also available at the times when you're actually going to be working right like after business hours yeah i put it in quotation nobody can see but right. <laughs> business hours like a typical nine to five that lenders work yeah if you're part-time you want to find a brokerage that someone from the brokerage level is available after 5 p.m exactly yeah and then the other piece is really where you feel you're fit so if they have the training and support and your compensation is great, they have access to lenders, but the person you're speaking to, well, actually there's two pieces of that, but the person you're speaking to, let's say they are the person that will be your go-to. If you're actually not comfortable calling them or you're going to feel uncomfortable or you're going to end up not reaching out for help, then you're not going to have the support versus if you're speaking to somebody and there's a rapport and you're getting along great and you feel like you actually want to speak to the person, you're more likely to reach out to them and ask a question. I do. I remember my first deal, Saturday night at 8.30 and I called you panicking because I thought it was going to fall apart and I was I'm never doing another mortgage again, but I was able to call you yeah. at 8.30 on a Saturday night for help, Yeah, which is super important and not the norm. Not every Saturday night do you want a phone call, but you're available for that if it's an emergency and you think your deal's falling apart. For sure. I also, there is certain brokerages that uh, not specialize, but are more apt to hire certain types of agents. Like there are some brokers that they just have a really will hire a new agent or they won't hire a part-time agent. 
And I've heard like some broker owners in the past feel like if there's a large team or newer agents that they're babysitting somebody. And I have maybe a different take on it. And it probably carries over from when I was an agent. Because when I was an agent, I really loved working with first-time home buyers because they're so excited. It's such an exciting process for them. It's their first home. It's very emotional. And you get caught up in that excitement and happiness. And new agents are kind of similar to that. Like you have a first deal and it's exciting. And everyone's like freaking out and it's really exciting. So it's kind of it's similar energy, which makes it really fun. And it's always new and different. So that's why I'm available at 8 o'clock on a Saturday for a question. <laughs> I don't think I've called you Saturday at 8 o'clock for another deal question since then. No, now it's the opposite. Now I call you for <laughs> to do something. It was helpful because I had no clue what I was doing as a new agent. So yeah, it makes a difference that someone's there. There was another piece that I was going to mention and now I'm not going to be able to think of what it was, but it had to do with joining a brokerage and type of support that there is. Shoot. Well, the one thing that we have here for sure is tons of training and support and it is often throughout the day but we also have a Saturday call um, our calls are often recorded so you can access it again and again to get that knowledge and training I think the top advice for a new agent specifically is you really do want to find a place that has those trainings and opportunities set up in place already yeah and are willing to invest in you so that you can generate like a successful career in the future. I agree. There is another thing that happens to uh, when agents are interviewing for brokerages. It, it's who is doing the interviewing. So in our case, I do all of the hiring and sometimes you do some of the interviewing as well. And in some, again, brokerages or networks or whatever the case may be, the person that is doing the interviewing and hiring is not the person who's involved in the day-to-day -day operations. Like they are a recruiter, they're only there to hire, not only, but their position is to hire agents, which is great, it's a great model, but if the connection is made between the agent and the person that is hiring them, they feel like, oh, I'm joining because I really like talking to this person. Well, that's not the person who's gonna be there when you have a question. Their sole job is to bring on new agents, and that will be important to some agents and not important to some, but not important to others, but if it's, you looking for the fit with the person that is hiring you you need to be aware of who is the person hiring you yeah i think recruit a recruiter in that sense works really well for experienced agents yep. who kind of already have a hold on the industry and how to do an application and even something as simple as the credit bureau like they already have that experience where the recruitment really works in that aspect because hey our brokerage offers xyz whereas a new agent you need somebody who's going to be like i said invested yeah i agree so i hope that answers hasty's question Okay, our final question is from Jason. Hey guys, so it's no surprise that over the last 12 or so months, mortgage rates have been increasing pretty steadily. Um, as people in previous mortgage environments or rate environments are coming to renewal, uh, we're gonna start to see some affordability issues going from the lower rates to the higher rates. Um, so my question is, what are you guys going to be looking at to aid in affordability um, when people can't qualify to renew their mortgages? Great question. I mean, it's obviously uh, situational dependent. Sometimes the best advice for the client is to renew where they are, right? So we can't always refinance or transfer somebody out of their mortgage if it is a straight transfer and there is going to be an affordability issue. And sometimes they should just be coached on the renewal process with their existing lender. Sometimes it's helping them negotiate a better rate on that renewal. They'll, you know, still have loyalty to you for helping. You're still there to help your client, but sometimes the best thing for the client is not to have them change lenders. And other times, you know, if it's whether they need to refinance or transfer out for a specific reason, sometimes it's transferring out or refinancing into a lender. Maybe it's a B lender. Maybe there's a different program that they qualify under that they didn't before. So whether maybe they're self-employed or there's a net worth 
program or something that can help them qualify. And sometimes it might be putting a second mortgage behind that first and leaving the first in place. So it really is situational dependent. Um, and we have been seeing that more often where we are now putting like more second mortgages in place than ever before and leaving the first mortgage in place at their previously you know low rate. So I think we'll continue to see that at least for another 12 months. And that was our final question. Uh, we had a good time answering the questions today. If you have any questions that you would like answered on a next podcast, please feel free to email them to admin at themortgagecoach.ca. Thank you for listening to today's episode of The Mortgage Coach Connecting the Dots. If you've enjoyed this episode or found it valuable, please consider subscribing, leaving a review, or sharing it with someone who might benefit from this information. Your support helps us continue to bring you quality content. Join us weekly and get ready to be inspired, to learn, and to embrace possibility. And remember, success has no boundaries. It's time to connect the dots.